Hey, welcome to another episode of Big Red Dram. I'm your humble host, Jason Langer. As always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, tonight's episode is going to be about Compass Box, and I'm th- pretty sure I've been talking about finally doing a Scotch or Compass Box or any. I mentioned Compass Box at least two or three times now this past long, short season, so if you so, so to speak. Um, and I'm finally getting around to it. I know it's been, man, I mean, with all the episodes I've done recently, it's just been, I don't know why, but it just seems like I just keep grabbing a bottle of bourbon. Um, I mean, just looking through the list, I did Lafroig 16, then E.H. Taylor, then Talisker, then, okay, so bourbon, bourbon, or sorry, scotch, scotch. Um, but then it's like been bourbon. Oh, there's Glenn Levitt. I forget I did Glenn Levitt and then Kilholman. But then it was bourbon. Early times, Luxro, Weller, Rye 3, Ulf Fitzgerald, Elijah Craig, Dickel. And then talked about Bardstown. And I know in there I kept mentioning um, doing Compass Box because I had, when I did my Buffalo Trace tasting for my wife's cousin, um, the story goes is that uh, one of the gentlemen that was there was like, hey, I want you to try something. Have you ever had Compass Box? He wanted me to try Ardbeg and Compass Box. I'm like, yeah, I've had Ardbeg. Um, but he's like, Oh, I've got this one, this compass box. I think you'd really like. Um, and I'm like, okay. So he's had his son bring it over and he had a little bit left and we, we tried it and I'll tell you, it was, it blew my socks off. It was really, really, really good. And, um, so much so that I had to get it. So, um, I think I was at work, uh, rolling meadows one day and I think I went to the displays binnies and, um, picked one up there and it was, it was really good. It still is really good. It's just, it's one of those that you kind of keep and don't uh, drink a whole lot of because it's a limited edition and I don't think I'll find it again. I'm sure there's still some out there, but it's it's tough, getting tougher and tougher to find. Cool thing about Compass Box is they're a relatively newer blender, whiskey, whiskey, um, yeah, whiskey blender, scotch whiskey blender, and they're based actually out of London, um, John Glazer actually back in 2000 decided that he wanted to kind of do his own thing, um, that there wasn't a lot of great options out there. There's a lot of status quo blenders that are out there and he wanted to do something a little more forward thinking. And, um, I've only had exposure to, again, just this myths and legends three and then the Pete monster. And I will tell you just from those two have opened my eyes to whiskey blends. And I don't, Typically, I think Johnny Walker Blue is about the only blend whiskey that I will, um, that I have, that I frequent. Um, I do like a lot of independent bottling, single malts, but I haven't haven't really delved into the world of blended whiskeys um, for whatever reason. I just haven't. Uh, that hasn't. I haven't gotten to that aspect of it yet. I feel that's a step past single malts. Although some may say, and I've had this discussion with my uncle Ted too how certain blends are a good way to kind of get into single malt scotches, uh, especially some of the Johnny Walkers. If you're looking for a peated whiskey and you want to kind of ease into a peated whiskey, sometimes a Johnny Walker gold or blue uh, or even a black, double black would be a good way to bridge a gap, if you will, um, to get into a from a mellower scotch into a smoky isla or something if you're looking to get into a smokier scotch those are good ways to kind of bridge that gap to take that next step um but what compass box is doing they're trying to i think change the way things are done they have their own 
you know, inventory of, of casks that they've gathered throughout Scotland and they're working uh, out of London. They have two blend houses out of London and they are working tirelessly to come up with some really great stuff. And um, again, this this one we're going to talk about today, this Compass Box um, Myths and Legends 3, for me is a really light scotch, light blended whiskey. And um, the Peat Monster is very peaty it's very good <laughs> um but it's not i didn't i didn't find it overly peaty but that's another episode so the compass box myths and legends 3 um the cool thing about what they do is they'll tell you what's in it and i will even give you percentages they have a little wheel that they will provide online um not every bottle will give you a complete list um of say who they are um but this one in particular does, and I'll read off the back of the label for you. It's actually really interesting because I don't think I've had a lot out of the main distillery you'll hear in a second. Um, oh, you know what? Well, an Orkney distillery. I know that's Highland Park because um, I think on the online it actually tells you. So you know what I'm going to do is pull that up. Yeah, the online wheel is a little more descriptive. Um so what it'll tell you, you can download a data sheet on the recipe sheet, essentially, on any of the bottles that they put out, whether it's limited edition or any of them. Um, and this one in particular, the Myths and Legends, um, they'll spell it out based on the distillery, the percentage that's in there, and give you kind of a rundown, uh, a small synopsis, uh, synopsis of the tasting notes as well as the age of the whiskey they used. So the cool thing here in this one in particular is a lot of older whiskey in this blend. And it's uh, the bulk of it, 68.6% comes from Glen Elgin. Uh, it's a recharred American oak barrel, which is cool um, that they even tell you that. It's a single malt, 68.6%. Uh, I think I said that already. Apple pie, caramel, and papaya. It's an 18-year-old. And that's what makes up the bulk of this. Um, then you get 8.2% from another uh, offering from Glen Elgin. It's a refill American oak hogshead. Uh, single malt, green apple grassy with lime zest, also an 18-year. That's 8.2%. Um, another Glen Elgin, um, it is a recharred American oak hogshead, single malt, uh, red apple, chocolate milk, and marmalade, a 16-year-old at 8.1%. Uh, then you get that Orkney, the Highland Park, uh, the recharred American oak hogshead, single malt, uh, light smoke, dark chocolate, fruitcake, 23-year-old, 8.6%. And then you get a Kalila offering, which I found was cool. You get a little Isla in there, too. It's a refill sherry butt. Uh, bonfire smoke, of course. Sherry blossoms, icing, sugar. Um, that's, a, that's a good... I think there's some times I've had that taste, and I'm like, what is that? And I think it's icing sugar. So anyway, 15-year-old uh, at 6.5%. So 68.6, then 8.2, 8.1, 8.6, and 6.5. So you get a little bit of that peat. When I first nosed it, I'm like, ooh, that's got a little peat to it. That was a while ago. And I got some really cool like pear and some interesting notes out of it. And I didn't share that. Oh, it still smells so delectable. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh, well. my little my little pores but that's cool that they do that i think that's really interesting i don't know that you see that you know i know you don't see that with anybody like a uh, johnny walker it's cool that oh god that smells so good it's like pear right off the top and that's really what it's like a, a lightly peated pear <laughs> um 
but it's cool that they do that. It's cool that they give you an idea of what's in it. Um, cause it kind of, it kind of sets the tone for the expectation of what's in there. Um, and it gives you a good idea of, of the kind of whiskeys they're pulling from. Um, I find that that's just, that's awesome. Uh, I really think that there's something to be said about that. Um, trying to pull up Pete monster. Cause I wanted to, there it is. I wanted to share that as well. Even though I'll do an, ep- an episode on that. Um, it's just cool seeing different distilleries that are in here. And there is a bit of a theme um, cause again, one of the, the, the one distillery in, on Isla that really pumps out whiskey for a lot of blenders is Kalila and the Pete monster is predominantly Kalila. Um, it's 46.2%, uh, for my refilled hogshead. Actually, there's a couple of them. There's 42.6, 46.2 out of a hogshead with sweet smoke, 3% out of a hogshead that is a delicate smoke. Uh, 14.5% out of a hog said that's clean smoke. And then uh, 1% refill uh, single malt where there's a fruit smoke. Now there's no age statements on any of those releases um, or any of those ingredients, so to speak, um, which is, uh, I think the peat monster is 40 ish. I know it's not that expensive. So obviously the, this is all going to be younger whiskeys. Uh, there's Lafroig makes up 35%. So there's a nice little balance between, Kalila and Lafroig as far as you know 35 to 46 obviously two of the peatier whiskeys out there um but adding a little bit of Lafroig always gives you that maritime Lafroiginess and you can tell um then the Highland malt blend they have a little blend in there um which is a custom French oak cask with some heavy toast blended malt and it does give a little bit of spice um but it does give some sweetness too from what I remember but I digress. So the so Pete, not Pete Monster. So um, Myths and Legends three. Um, trying to put too much in a short amount of time here. Uh, yeah, it just it delivers on the nose, and you get a nice delicate balance uh, of, of of a light peat, but you get these fruity notes, a lot of white fruits, and what I classify as, as like pears, um, honeydew. Just some interesting, just blended notes. Oh, and it just, I, again, this is one of those that I love to use the term noses for days because you could just sit here and smell all day and we don't have enough time for that today. But it's not overly punchy. It doesn't pop you in the face. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't blow your head off. What is it at? 49. I don't remember where the proof is on this thing. I can barely read it because my eyes are crap. Blah, 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 blah. Light filtration, no chill filtering. I'm sorry, I... I love the sounds of silence, don't you? It is. Yeah, 40%. Okay. They really make that small. <laughs> it's super tiny on the bottom of the bottle, and it's hard to read. Um, 
I probably could have just pulled it up on the website too, but whatever. Great bottle though. Great, great whiskey inside. Mm. On the palate, it is um, deceptively smoky. It, and what I mean by that is, is that it, it does have its peat to it. Um, and it's, am I contradicting myself and saying that it's punchy, even though I thought it was, the nose isn't punchy, but the palate has a bit, uh, definitely has a smell characteristic to it. Um, that is, reminds me of Kalila. It pulls out a little bit of that Kalila note, which one of my favorite bottles is a 17 unpeated. Uh, what it just blows your head off. Um, but there's just, it, Kalila has a, a taste to it. Like all the Isla distilleries have kind of an underlying taste to it. Ardbeg is very pro- prominent. Lefroig is very prominent. God, especially Lefroig. You get that 10 year punch, that friggin' ashtray that I can't stand. But then it, as you get, to the higher age statements, you get to the 16 year, you get into the 25 year, you get into any of the, the, the Carreras or any of the, um, facial releases, uh, or you get into any of the, like the triple wood or anything like that. It's just, there's a distinctive Lefroy taste, that distinctive Lefroy note palette that's there, underlying taste and taste profile. And it kind of stretches out throughout the range. Kalila kind of has that too with the with the few that I've had over the years and just c- calling back on memory when we were at the distillery too. They were all unique. Uh, they had different ranges of intensity and additional flavors to it, but it had that unique Kalila note in there. And it sounds like bullshit, but I can almost tell it's it's it does definitely has an Isla taste to it, but it's not. I know enough that it's not, I can run, I can rule out Ardbeg. I can rule out Lefroy. I can rule out Lugavula. I can rule out those guys. Cause I know it's not them. Bunahaven's got a distinctive note to it too. The Kilholman has a distinctive note to it. They Brook Lottie has a distinctive note for their ranges and you just can kind of rule out. Okay. It's not him. It's not him. It's not him. It's not them. It's not them. It's gotta be Kalila and Kalila. You also know just, they really are big in the blends. So if you're going to think, okay, there's an Isla on here, it's probably Kalila. It could be Lefroy because they pump out too, but that does not have a Lefroy taste to it. Oh, that was a really long-winded reason uh, explanation. So, uh, But it's just, it's got a peatiness to it, but it's got delectable sweetness to it. Um, it's very easy to drink. A nice, long, warm finish. Uh, it just really, really is a great balance. It's a wonderfully balanced whiskey, and it just—it's delicious. Uh, I loved it since I first tried it, and I still love it. Uh, it's a 92 for me. Uh, it's up there, and it's in that elite status. I was actually at Malloy's today talking to Steve, and he's been just so great uh, for the last few months now that we've really gotten to kind of know each other more. And he's just been a wonderful partner and a wonderful person to work with. And uh, he was laughing cause he's been listening, binge listening to my podcast. And he's just like, you know, we were talking about the scores and uh, I think we were talking about how many nineties are out there and they're not too many. And here's one. 
here's one for you, Steve. Um, it's just so good. Uh, I really do enjoy it. I enjoy the the peat monster too. Um, but then again, I'm I'm a Scotch guy, so I do love this stuff. And this is again, all whiskey's great, right? And when you're tra- starting out in the world of whiskey and you're looking at bourbons first, say, and you're and you're working your way in through that, and then you're starting to branch into rise, and you want to start getting into those. And there's rise out there that are really smooth and drink like a bourbon. And then there's rise out there to start to get really complex, like the Rye 3, where it gets has more notes to it, where it's getting a little more complexity. It's getting a little more depth, a little more dimension to it. And then you start to build into something that you want to challenge your palate with, and you start to move into a single malt scotch. Uh, or even a blend if you wanted to in like a Johnny Walker or something. And you're wanting to start to challenge your palate, see if you can pull out different things. And you start working your way around Isla. You're working your way, not Isla, sorry, Scotland. You're working your way around the different regions of Scotland. Your lighter scotches first. You want to maybe get the opposite of how I did it, where I just started in Isla and then worked my way down to bourbon. Um, not necessarily the way to do it, but uh, to each their own, man. It's always that's the fun thing about whiskey is you do you, and uh, it's just it's such a fun journey. And to get into um, some of these just blended whiskeys and and just trying new things, and it's just it just it's God, it's a good it's a fun way to do things, and it's a fun way to kind of expand um, the whiskey journey a bit. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I feel like that point kind of went off the rails a little bit. Mm. I forgot how peaty this is. The second sip, it's still got a nice peat smoke to it, but it's not overpowering. And it, what you get is you get a, a mouth of smoke that gets softened by these fruits and these gentle spices, these notes of chocolate, dark chocolate, mostly um, a little bit of fig. Oh, just, just, just all kinds of complex stuff, man. It is just complex, but it's just so it's, if you like a peated whiskey, this is going to be in your wheelhouse. Um, Cause it's just, again, a very well-balanced, uh, Gosh, I don't, I'd love to, you know what I might do next time? I, I might put this up against um, my Ardbeg Supernova. I find, I found that one to be wonderfully complex as well. I bet these two pair well together um, for different reasons. Um, but I'm slightly reminded of that for some reason. But anyway, there you go. Compass Box, Myths and Legends 3. If you can find one. And you like a peated whiskey, uh, and you want to try something new and exciting, man, I tell you, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'm glad I did it. Uh, I would do it again. It's it's delectable. Um, again, it noses great, almost like a dessert scotch, uh, but it's definitely in uh, a winter, late fall winter scotch. Something after oh, I don't know, a good steak, good porterhouse, some some meat. <laughs> some meat and potatoes, maybe some haggis. Uh, it It is good. It's very, very good. So anyway, thank you as always for listening. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, just a great, 
it's been a great couple of months really. And, and again, the Bardstown episode last week, it's just, I'm still kind of flying high from that. Um, got some fun things coming up. Got a virtual Sagamore tasting coming up next week. Uh, got a rogue single malt that I'm going to talk about here next week. Uh, there's a pick coming up for that. That's actually releasing officially on Friday. Uh, we've got a barrel, uh, group pick that's coming uh, in two weeks, 25th. That is a split three ways club pick uh, through another club in Malloy's. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a Sauterne finish and it's very good too. And um, yeah, I'm still waiting on Remus and Ezra. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting fall and winter. I have a feeling. And then it's uh, planning for next year. So Thank you again, as always, for listening. It's, I do appreciate it, and I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. And whatever you are doing out there right now, enjoying some whiskey, I hope you're doing it one dram at a time. Ooh, easy, easy, easy.